and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey guys, we are super excited to tell you about the Coffee Clatch Crew podcast. It's the digital water cooler podcast for your favorite movies and TV shows. Obviously, as you know, we are big reality TV fans, but we also love movies and non-reality TV too. So this is right up our street. Hosted by Jason and Christina, the CKC podcast breaks down series such as Game of Thrones, amazing westworld mr robot and the magicians that's right and currently they're covering the stand on cbs all access as well which i have to say is one of my favorite stephen king novels of all time coffee clutch crew gives you a mixture of character analysis easter eggs behind the scenes secrets and fun theories and i also love that the listeners are a huge part of the conversation with clatchers comments voicemails and mvp polls as a key part of every episode They also have interviews with your favorite actors from the cast, authors, and more. So come and meet at the water cooler and join the Coffee Clatch crew. I will be there for sure. Go check them out and download the latest episode on any podcast app or head on over to coffeeclatchcrew.com. That's Clatch with a K to learn more about the CKC podcast. Hello, guys, and welcome to another week of TV My Husband Hates. How are you doing this week, Kat? I'm still here, and there are still four people alive and breathing in my house, which um, is miraculous. That's a motherfucking win, babe. It's a motherfucking win. This is week, we've just finished week five, I think, of homeschooling. Yeah. Um, I've recently... Up until yesterday, everybody, we had, a, we've got a big kitchen at table. And so I'd set up my computer, the kids' computers. So we were all working in that space. And then yesterday I had to turf them all out because I was recording some content and I had to use the whole kitchen. So now I'm in their playroom slash den slash classroom. Um, and, you know, it's just a bit chaotic, but yeah. it's fine. <laughs> I'm impressed. I mean, I think you guys are nailing it. I'm proud of you all. I'm proud everybody is still alive. And, you know, I think that's yeah. that's really, that's the bar. Yeah, and I would say, I would even go as far as to say that we are probably like 40% happy. Hey, you know what? I mean, I think anything, I'll take it. anything above that is just fucking greedy. At this point. 40% happy, 20% anxious, 20% fucking sick of each other, and 20% just tired. For sure. I mean, oh, I can't even imagine. Like, again, we are all sending you guys the positive stick with this vibes. And we fucking bow down to I mean, your ability to uh, do all of this and still be pseudo sane listen i'm wearing a jumper that says love 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 i'm doing a necklace that says hope i'm like i need all the inspirational quotes to get me through this let's all put all your manifesting energy into keeping the uk sane while they deal with lockdown i think the uk just me yeah, I mean, March the 8th is the very earliest we're going to yeah. be out. It could even be longer. Who knows? Oh. doesn't matter that one in five people are now vaccinated. 
apparently that's not enough. Well, I was going to uh, say, you guys, I mean, other than Israel, you guys have fucking nailed the vaccine stuff. Um, I don't know if anybody else is watching the news on vaccinations, but the UK has really fucking nailed it on how they're doing it. And so hopefully that will get you guys out sooner. Well, and I have to say, I'm not, and I don't actually know that much about this, but the general gist I get, Brexit appears to have really helped our vaccination. I, us, if we were still in Europe, we'd be fucked, right, basically. Right. Well, you guys um, are getting to make your own decisions, right? You're not having to go by the EU standards, essentially, right? Yeah. And uh, I was obviously a Remainer, but there is a part of me that... And uh, just a quick note on Brexit. I was always a Remainer, hands down, still believe in the power of the community and would love to be part of Europe. But if this is the way we have to go, then I'm desperately hoping I'm proved wrong, right? right? I'm desperately hoping that actually this turns out to be, you know, better for us. We'll see. Time will tell. But yeah, for I now, mean, who knows? The vaccines, you know. I mean, our country through this last presidency built a sort of half wall um, and that hasn't improved our fucking vaccine, vaccine plan <laughs> whatsoever. So... You know, <laughs> we'll see. I will say my mom has been vaccinated. Um, she got vaccinated this Tuesday, so she's super excited. My grandparents are on their list. So, I mean, they are happening and, and they're definitely picking up. So, fuck, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe we will be able to do our 40th. I'm going to tell you this off air, but I yeah. am just going to book an amazing villa somewhere. And if you can make it, you can. If you can't, you can't. Yeah, I mean, if they'll That's let me. That's what I'm doing. If they'll let me, yeah. I will come. I mean... <laughs> we will I'm be not, there i'm not allowed in the eu right now so <laughs> <laughs> that's true um yeah i mean listen we'll see what happens yeah but i've just decided uh, we should probably discuss our personal diaries yeah off the, let, off let's, air. let's do it later let's do that yeah. let's move on to um you know the shit that people actually want to hear about which yeah. is real the shows housework. we're gonna kick off well we are gonna kick off with the shows but Oh, yeah. We also need to do two things. We need to do the rate and review, please. And subscribe. subscribe. Rate and review. Yes. <laughs> um, subscribe, rate and review. We've been gaining a lot of listeners recently, yes. which is wonderful. So thank you so, so much uh, for hopping on the TV My Husband Hates train. We've got also extra added value this week because we've brought a third person into our relationship. Yes, there was a bit of a thruple podcast action going on this week. There and was, indeed. Uh, do you want to tell them who it is? Sure. So it's this lovely lady from New York named Eliza, and she runs one of the most incredible Instagram accounts on reality TV. It's at facereality16, and it's brilliant. And it will take you down those deep, dark holes of everything that's been going on um, reality TV-wise and social media-wise lately. Uh, it's it's an incredible account. I've been following it for a little while now, um, and she so graciously decided to come on and chat through the Salt Lake City finale with us. So you're going to hear her at the end of the podcast because it's our last show. But um, if you can, go follow her now. She will keep you updated on everything, and we'll also put her links in the podcast notes so you can just go there and click on it and follow her. And it's really cool because I just don't have the time to scroll through a gazillion different news articles and websites to get the tea. She just collates it all. Everything you need to know is there. So go and check her out. Um, but now, shall we get on? With Let's Real get Housewives on with of Atlanta. That's right. 
Oh my. And I think we haven't even hit the tip of what this trip entails. Kenya. Kenya, Kenya, Kenya. I want to be really clear on this because we touched on it last week. I I don't think you're messy bringing your kid. I don't even think you're messy taking a private jet and putting everybody else on the sprinter because if you don't have to put a small child on an eight-hour bus ride, you don't, right? For sure. I do think you're fucking messy taking Latoya with you and nobody else. Like, that's just... Of course that's going to get people's back up. I mean, it's the tip of the messy iceberg, really. Like, even even now looking back, I don't even know if bringing Toya with her on the plane was the messiest thing that she's going to do on this trip. No, no, agreed. But in terms of the actual trip, the the traveling bit, I'm like, you did that on purpose. For sure. I mean, if anybody is collecting strays, it's Kenya, not Cynthia. I don't consider Drew a stray at all. And really, the show doesn't because she's holding a peach. Toya is a mess, dude. She's thirsty. She's here. And I think she's only being messy because she wants to be promoted from friend to cast member. And I do not want her on the show. Fuck no. She wants that juicy ass peach. And I hope she doesn't get it. Me too, because she's so desperate for it. And and it's and it takes away all the authenticity of what's going on. But also, there's just this edge to Toya, LaToya, that I... There's, even Kenya is messy, but she's not evil. Yeah. I feel like LaToya has a real malice to her. For sure. I totally agree with you. Like, there's something not right. Like, there's just a weird vibe that, like... I think she tries to play it off like, oh, I'm just joking. And she's not. No. I mean, when she gives that wig, when she brings and she says it was coming from a place of good. Inter- no, it, it wasn't. It was coming from a place of you're a messy fucking bitch. For sure. You do not fuck with people's wigs. You don't talk shit about people's wigs. You don't condescend them and no. say, oh, I got you a proper wig so it doesn't look shit. That's not kind. No, that's being an asshole. It's being a motherfucking asshole. And it's, I do not like her at all. And I think that she's poisonous in this group. For sure. And I think, the I mean, she's poisonous to the group. I think she's poisonous to Kenya. Like, because it is... Yeah. Because she's weaseled her way in there and like Kenya enjoys that. And so I think it's just going to fuel Kenya being messier, which she doesn't need. Yeah. No. I don't because know. Because Kenya will rise or rise or fall to whoever she's around, For right? Sure. So if she's around with some nasty, messy people, she'll be nasty and messy. She's got that capability. But if she's around with people like Candy and Cynthia, she does kind of rise up a bit and you yeah. see her be more thoughtful and empathetic. But I think she's enjoying this ass kissing that Latoya is doing and this kind of almost like this fangirling over Kenya. I think she's really getting a hit out of that. You are 100% correct. Fangirling is exactly the right word for what's going on between them. And I mean, let's be real. Like Kenya is not in a good place in her life. She's dealing with this stupid divorce, this messy dude. And like, you know, it's really hit at her self-confidence, which I 100% get and I'm trying to keep in mind. But at the same time, I'm like, you have real friends and like Candy and Cynthia that can really help you through this in a much more positive way than this thirst trap. Yeah. And, and 
I mean, we have to still, they have to still remember that these women are not 19. They're not in high school. (laughs) They're older than we are. (laughs) They are older than we are. And I can't ever imagine behaving like that. But like, also, I don't like the way that the Toya has it in for Drew. I don't like the way she's pinpointing all this insecurity and jealousy, because that's all I can see it as. And I fucking love that Drew comes out with a photo, signs her a fan photo to my biggest fan. It was such a moment of like, love you. For sure. That is how you deal with somebody like Toya. And I think Drew got it perfectly right. I love her for it. And I want her to be around simply like after this action, she needs to be around part of this cast because she knows how to handle these like gross comments. And I think she's there I think Drew is on the show for like genuine reasons, right? Like she wants to be friends with these women. She brings something new to the table. She is a little bit younger and has younger kids, which I think is always nice to kind of keep the series fresh a little bit um, to put the housewives back in the housewives of Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? But um, Toya needs to fucking go, man. Like it can't be soon enough for me. No, I agree. And I think you're right. I think we do need to age down a little bit across all the franchises because I know that they all started off at a certain point, but the people watching it, people watching it are generally our age, right? Yeah. That's got to make up the bulk. It's got to be like 30s, early 40s. Yeah. I think beyond 50, which is where these women are, people are dropping off. And I want to see people like me, right? I appreciate seeing Drew because I can relate to her and Ralph. I mean, not her and Ralph specifically, but (laughs) thank God. But you know, but marriage problems in general. Young kids, juggling it all. Um, I don't really want to see, I mean, Cynthia, great, fine. But you're just, you're marrying again. I don't, I'm not interested. No, I mean, I I totally agree with you. I think that's the only way that these franchises can stay relevant is that after a few years, they do need a like a full cast reboot. And, you know, I think like Portia can 100% stay because Portia's kind of in, in that realm of her life. And I think that's just what kind of needs to happen because I think you're right. Like the majority of people who watch these shows are our age. I mean, my mom still does, but but my mom would appreciate seeing more of that because that's what real people identify with, like relationship struggles, the whole work-life balance, like all the things that modern women face, that's what we want to see. We want to see how they deal with it and how, you know, maybe we could deal with it better or worse or, you know, whatever. Totally, because it's, yes, okay, the disconnect is the money. They've all got tons more money than us. But even as Candy says on this, like, money doesn't make you a parent. So I can still, I find it fascinating to watch people in different circumstances with tons of money still struggle with the same fucking things that we struggle with as mums. And, you know, people can say, I thought that, I thought that interlude in the bus on the way with Marlo going, well, why? She's got money. She's got money. Why is she bringing her kids? She's got money. Yeah. And I thought, do you know what? That's so interesting that Marlo, somebody without children, I mean, I know she's got her nephews, but like without birthing children, um, is just so dismissive of kind of the real weight of parenting or so ignorant of it. And Candy's like, this is not what parenting is. Like, you can't just, you can't just pay for somebody to look after your kid if you don't trust them or know them. Like, yeah, this is what, this is what I love watching Candy. Cause obviously Candy 
did all this being very successful, but also being a single mother. And then we're seeing her do it again, having a partner and kind of not touring as much and all that. I, I love watching kind of candy do this journey. I also think she's one of, she's one of the best people on the show. I love that she can say that to Marlo and Marlo doesn't pop off because I think anybody else says it to Marlo. Like she just doesn't understand. Um, I was hoping Marlo would understand more being about a parent after taking on her nephews because everything that I saw, she was doing it on her own. Like it was just her and the boys at the house and she was really doing it. I mean, obviously I think she has other family members helping her out, but it's disappointing to see Marlo react this way to what Kenya's dealing with when Marlo is kind of, you know, in a way being a single mom to her nephews. I'm, I'm disappointed in Marlo for that. Yeah. And I think whatever you think of Kenya and whatever you think of people with money, if you're a single mom trying to work and make a living, whatever the yeah. bills are that you're paying, that's a real weight. And Candy says she doesn't have a village and we know she's not in a great place. Right. So there is a real, I can, I can really be compassionate. I can show compassion for Kenya but Latoya no. can take a fucking long run off a short cliff, as far as I'm concerned. Ab-so-fucking-lutely. Um, before we move on to Below Deck, um, Marlo quickly and Kenya. Yeah. What is it with these two? Like, they just need... Like, I think- Marlo's like, I'm so hurt, and then says, but your ass is fake. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Like, I think these two are the very definition of frenemies. Like, I think they can't be without each other, but they also don't like each other. And honestly, I think that's fine. But I think we need to stop trying to make it be what it's not. Like, if you're not friends with her, then stop inviting Marlo on trips. Like, but if you like the banter, then like the fucking banter and stop flying off the handle about it. Like, you can't have it both ways. No, don't come and just make her feel shit about yeah. stuff like and I get that Marlo is a princess and we always have her devouring about the rooms but I did get the impression that in this particular instance it wasn't just a room I felt like Marlo was genuinely like she was hurt because she just thought god Kenya really doesn't like me like this isn't just right. old school banter in that like we'll be fine she's yeah. like fuck she really hates me yeah I felt for her a little bit on that I did too I mean I, I don't I don't ever feel for Kenya in this instance, and I don't know why that is. Um, but I just mm. feel like she's malicious about it. Like Yeah. You knew she has you that knew edge. what giving that room to her would do. Is there another room? Like we don't know. There could be another room that she just didn't give anybody because she wanted to give Marlo the shit room. I don't know. <laughs> but somebody I mean, was gonna me. have to have the shit room. Like just Well, no, because there's a bonus room, remember? Oh, was there? Tanya gets to move because right. she wins so, the ridiculous murder mystery. So she's really gone out of her way to make Marlo Well, why didn't Marlo miserable. just move into Tanya's old room then? I don't know if Marlo knew at the time. I don't know. Because I don't think they'd gone to their rooms by the time right. the murder mystery. I think they went after. Anyway. Can we have a chat about the murder mystery? <laughs> it was like the most terrible murder mystery I've ever seen in my life. And I've never even done one, but all the ones I've seen on television have been far better scripted than this one right here. It was a mess. I mean, I don't think it helped that the girls were zero, apart from Candy, bless her. I know. Zero, she just wanted had to zero win. interest. She just wanted to win. Um, 
but yeah it was it was pretty awful if they were hoping that this was going to be an advert to help them get more bookings yeah i literally went completely the other way yeah well the previews for next week look pretty spicy because there is some spiciness on this trip in the way of male strippers and other things happening. So I think there's going to be a lot to chat about next week. So yeah, that's it for uh, the Real Housewives of Atlanta. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. Okay, thanks for that, guys. And let's move on to Below Deck, where the heat is rising between Francesca and Elizabeth. And I've never really been a fan of Elizabeth, but I am more and more heading towards Team Francesca. Um, 100%. Like, I, again, I have also never been a fan of Elizabeth's and this just, I feel like every week she's just proving like Francesca right again. Like I almost want her to be like Hannah where like, if you challenge her, she's going to fucking prove your ass wrong and make you eat like eat crow. Right. That's what I want to see from Elizabeth. But I feel just every week she's just proving Francesca more right as the weeks go on. I agree. And I think the problem is it's not that Elizabeth is making mistakes, although she is making a lot of mistakes, but it's her attitude. Like you got busted in a guest cabin. Now I have never in my life been on a super yacht, but I know that that's probably one of the biggest taboos is to go into a guest cabin without having permission. But rather than own it and go, we fucked up. I'm really sorry. She's like, she gets all defensive. Yeah. Well, and like, argues fine points like well there was no sleeping going on it's like oh shut the fuck up like you know that's not what she means stop being a dick it's just fucking semantics you were there from the night before till the next morning yeah you spent the night there regardless of what you were doing and you're turning 30 and you're acting like a fucking 13 year old well she's also acting like a 13 year old about her birthday too like Look, I'm I'm a big one for birthdays. I love celebrating my birthday. I'd like it to be like a whole month. I'd like it to be a big thing. But if I'm fucking working, I'm fucking working. Like I'm not wanting everybody at work to drop everything to celebrate my birthday. I mean, I want them to come have drinks with me when we can, but like that's not possible this day. I do have to say though, and I agree, she's being a big fat baby. Yeah. I think, James, heads up, if you are sleeping with somebody, regardless really of whether you see it going, if you are currently sleeping with somebody and they are celebrating a birthday, you got to do something. At the very least, give her a birthday kiss. Fuck yeah! But really, really a dinner, a card, make her feel a bit special, something. You can't sleep with her and ignore her birthday it's just no. fucking rude. Yeah, I mean, it's just bad timing on your behalf that you've just started sleeping with her. You really only have yourself to blame because I'm pretty sure she's been talking about her birthday for ages, so you knew it was coming. That's the type of person she is. 
But you're absolutely right. Like a quick little like happy. I mean, even did he even say happy birthday to her? Not on ca- not that we saw. And right. then when she's like, so I'm going to go to bed. He's like, right then. Good night. Like, I think I he's mean, doing it on purpose. Like no one can be. I, I don't know. I almost wonder if James <laughs> is doing it on purpose because he's still a little bit pissed off. So he's just like, well, I'm going to fuck with her and like just pretend her birthday's not happening. Like not to then like give her a big surprise, but just to be an asshole. Um, well, for all the all the kind of lack of will that Elizabeth has with James, she's now pissed. Like whatever he's done before, she's yeah. always forgiven and it's fine. But like now she's pissed. Like she's a force to be. Re- I don't think her energy healer is going to be able to get him out of this fucking bullshit. I'm sorry, but if you are 30 years old and you've got money to spend on an energy healer, we need to have a chat. <laughs> Why are you working on a boat? Right. Right. You obviously have plenty of money that doesn't need to be earmarked for anything. So to be honest, I have to like really convince myself to go and pay to get my fucking car cleaned rather than do it myself. I'm like, do you know what I mean? I'm like, (laughs) is this 20 quid that I could probably save and do it myself? If you've got money to throw away on an energy healer, then, you know, we need to have some sort of explanation as to what the fuck is going on. Yeah. I mean, so what do you think? Do you think they're going to get rid of Elizabeth before the end of yes. the season? Yes. Ooh. Absolutely. 100%. I think she's going to be gone. You think Francesca and Ashling are just going to do it themselves or do you think they're going to try to bring someone else on? I don't know, but I think she's going to go. Interesting. I, I do as well. Like, I think, I think it'll be interesting if they do that. Um, I think they've needed to do it for a while. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, poor Francesca, I think, has just been like... And I think, interestingly, to see both Francesca and Ashling in tears over the whole situation, as much as at the time I was like, why are you both crying? Yeah. I thought, when I thought about it, I was like, hang on, these two girls have done nothing but show me that they're hard workers, they're experienced crew members. If both of them are in tears because this woman is making their... There is something that is not right. Like Elizabeth is needs to go. Right. And I think we all have to remember, like we don't see them a hundred percent of the time. So there could be a lot of stuff that we don't see. I think we have to give people the benefit of the doubt. And you're absolutely right. Like if these two are crying because their job is so fucking hard, then she needs to go, which weirdly enough is like totally the opposite opinion of everyone on social media. Everyone on social media is like down on Francesca and like team Elizabeth and it's, again, the situation where I'm like, are we fucking watching the same show? I don't think we are. I don't get it. It's, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. She's just an entitled little twat. Yeah. Sorry. 100%. I don't, think I've used, I don't think I've used the word twat on this podcast before. No, cunt for sure, but twat, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> also, to the Americans, I believe that you say twat. We do say twat. You are correct. I mean... Um, a little translation for those who needed it (laughs) yeah I got you Um, let's talk about Izzy because she's also struggling I am like blown away by Rob's commitment to his dickheadery (laughs) I could almost admire it because he literally has done nothing else on this boat I mean he's just kind of vanilla and then he has to like this is the stance he's taking and it's just like all right up until now been totally harmless very quiet yeah. and shy a little weird 
And last week we got at him for the same thing, but I genuinely thought it was like, oh, I've just heard about this news, so I'm just going to be an asshole and then yeah, I'll get yeah. on board. No, yeah. no, he's really committing. He's he really committing. He's really committed to being a dickhead about this, and I don't think it's a good look. No, and I think Izzy is handling it really, really well. Like, she, I think she's doing her very best to stay professional and calm. I think she's killing to it be at fucking being killing professional her. and calm. Like, I would have thought she would have flipped the fuck out or been extra harsh on him. Like, I, she is rapidly becoming one of my favorite people on this boat. And at first, I fucking hated her. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like her at all. But as soon as she got onto the exterior, she became a new person. She works hard. You know, and this is the thing, though. The boys are entitled. They don't get that as a woman on that boat, she knows she has to work five times harder in doing so, she ended up being made lead deckhand. Uh, and now they're like crying like babies. And James is dealing with it. Like, okay, he's ripping her a bit. But, but that's Rob their relationship. Really un- like, I think yeah, Izzy and him have that relationship kind of already. Like, they're just going to banter and give each other a hard time. So I don't feel like it's mean from him. But Rob is fucking no, but mean. but from Rob, it's, it's mean. Yeah. I just, it, it's ugly. And I'm glad that she's going to tell... Eddie, and I really hope that Eddie fucking lays down the law, but it's sad that he has to. Yeah, I feel like he will. I really respect Eddie for the way he kind of handles things. Like, I don't think, I mean, he's not misogynistic at all about a lot of this stuff. Like, he just sees people as, like, deckhands and not deckhands. So, yeah. you know, it, it it's not a big deal to him. And I hope he does fucking rip Rob a new one because he definitely deserves deserves it. He's not being He cool. does. Um, also, I think let's discuss Captain Lee on this oh. one because more than ever, we are, um, hearing him being very open about his son who died from an overdose just last year. And it almost felt like the universe had brought him and these charter guests together for a reason. For sure. Um, I didn't realize that the the son who passed away was the only child between Captain Lee and no, his wife. No, I didn't either. Which is, I mean, it, it's heartbreaking anyways, but I think, you know, that's a, it's a fact that I didn't know. And it kind of drew it home a little bit. Um, first off, these guests, if you have ever seen the documentary, The Queen of Versailles, that's who these guests are. If you want to know more about them, go watch that documentary. It's fascinating. Um but yeah, I, th- I thought it was really nice to see that interaction between the guests and the captain. I think he needed to hear a lot of the things that they were saying. And it was, I think, really nice for him to know that, I, I mean, obviously he knows people out there are struggling with the same thing, but I think having that one-on-one time with them was really good for him. I mean, I also think it brought up a lot of stuff, but I, I enjoyed watching that interaction between them. That was the only time those guests were being real as well. (laughs) And I think it's really generous of Captain Lee and the guests to be sharing those conversations on TV because he would have had every right to say, look, it's just, we're not going there. Right. Um, But I think in the same way that he's really benefited from hearing them talk about it. And I think the Queen of Versailles says that at the time. She says, you know, you just got to keep talking about it to keep helping people. Seeing that will help people. And that is true, real, hard, awful pain. Fuck yeah. You know, for him to share that is, 
you know, I think we all have to really appreciate that and and recognize it and respect it because he doesn't have to do that. No, and the guests didn't. I mean, you can say a lot about these people as guests and people in general, but they didn't have to share about their kid either. And they did. And I thought, you know, that was a real moment on the boat. And I don't think we've had, we don't, we haven't had a lot of those between like the guests and captain or, you know, any of those real human moments. And I think like I can appreciate for that for what it is. And I feel really kind of lucky to have seen that moment in a way. I, I don't know how to explain it. No, I think it's a privilege, yeah. right? It's a privilege for us to have been able to share that with them. And um, and I feel like Below Deck in general is spicing up a little bit towards as we reach the end, you know, not that Captain Lee's yeah, devastation yeah. is spicing it up, but certainly the the tensions on board because we also see Rachel now really starting to lose her patience with Francesca. And this is like one of these things yeah. where... I don't see what Rachel sees. Like the way that she is with James, the way she hates him so much. I still see him doing her fucking dishes, just saying. Right. Um, And she's just written Francesca off as well. Yeah. I mean, I think Rachel takes things to the extreme. Like, I think, obviously, I mean, I do think it was Francesca, like the Mahi 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 thing, I do feel was Francesca's fault for not being consistent in the way she took the order. Like that was the one line that she wrote them next to each other, but all in all, it was a fucking honest mistake. Yeah. And so I think that it should be taken that way. I don't think Ra- I think Rachel goes from zero to a hundred. Like there's no in between with her, like either we're fine or I fucking hate you. There's no, like I can just, you deal. see, this is for me, this is maybe tied up in her issues with alcoholism and her kind of, her addict behavior. I, I guess her kind of functioning addict that when she's not on the drugs, when she's not on the alcohol, even though she's able to do her job, emotionally she's incredibly volatile and unpredictable. And it's very scary. Like, she's vicious and she's she's violent with her language. Yeah, she's um, super like we see defensive. her Like, super it's just defensive. an honest fucking mistake. Make another mahi-mahi and move on. Like... But also we see her in the trailers for next episode, like saying you just fucking shit at your job, like on the job. Like, I don't know. I think that there's a lot that I'm so interested to see her in the reunion and to see how she dissects what she's seen on the show. Yeah. I mean, this is one thing I do. I mean, I'm constantly sticking up for probably everybody, but I do wonder how much of like, because obviously coronavirus is going on. She is worried about like her dude. Like, I wonder how much that is actually kind of playing into escalating her drinking and maybe like escalating all this stuff from what's going on. I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to figure it out. Like, because yeah. on paper, she doesn't seem like she should, should be this way. But I feel like ever no. since, ever since like she heard about coronavirus and her like not her boyfriend like not being able to come out or them not being able to get together i feel like that was the point where then we've seen this like different rachel and i don't know if it's just we didn't really see a lot of her before or what but it's it's interesting well i i can't wait like i'm interested to see we'll find all that stuff out on the reunion yeah yeah no it'll it'll be a good one i think i do too um 
Speaking of people who oh, seem to have split personalities, let's move on to Real Housewives of Dallas. Um, again, this show is delivering. I'm really, really delighted that they've brought Tiffany in. I think yeah. she is such a great addition because not only is she smart and all the rest of it, but she's kind of acting as this touchstone where all the others are now like being highlighted against. And it's, Carrie is really struggling in her life. Like she just is out of her depth with Tiffany. And in general, Carrie is so mixed up at the moment. I don't get it. I think Carrie is deeply unhappy with her. I think here it is. Like, I think last season we saw Carrie finally gaining some like a little bit of independence from her husband and both like monetary and giving her something to do by starting this business, starting her jewelry line. She was really excited about it. Then I think we see coronavirus hit. And of course, like that hurt her business. I feel like Carrie is feeling trapped as fuck. Like not only by like having to stay home, but like now like the income that she saw herself getting is now not as much. The freedom she saw, thought she was gaining has now been kind of taken away. I feel like she feels trapped as fuck. Obviously can't be that trapped as fuck person with her kids in her day-to-day life. So she's lashing out at her friends because there's a lot of like anger and feelings of being trapped in her life. I That's my take. 100% agree with you, but I do get a little bit tired oh, of her. Oh, for sure. Of her like spinning this victim line like I don't have any independence. I don't have any financial independence. I don't have all of this. Like I get it. Yeah. But you're not, she's not prepared to stick up for herself and find that financial independence to the point at which she might risk losing Edward. Do you know what I mean? For it's sure. like, for sure. I sort of want financial independence, but not if it's going to rock the boat with, you know, my money man. Or maybe I and don't want to do that much work to get that financial. No. Separation. And also, she's like, if I was to, if Eduardo was to leave me, you know, I'd be penniless and just relying on my jewelry. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. Like, you're married. There's such a thing as fucking alimony and child right, support. Right. You've still got kids of that age. Like, let's not sit here and say that you would be out on your ass living on the street right. and your jewelry line. Your jewelry line is great. I, I admire. Sorry, my watch decides <laughs> to talk to me. Um, I admire any woman who is building a business. Yeah. But this, you know, she's pretty fucking privileged she's to build way a business up to be turning over. A, a hundred thousand in in its first year is mental and must have meant a lot of investment to get there. So, Carrie, I get like your daughter, absolutely different issue for sure. But I'm sick of hearing the financial independence thing. You can do it if you really want to do it. Well, and here's the thing: I did not like the way she brought her daughter up as like a fucking chip to be thrown on the I goddamn didn't table. I thought it was super gross. And, sp- and and she did it to hurt Tiffany and like shame Tiffany. And I'm not fucking down with that. Like you do not use your kids to fucking shame anybody else. Like that's just- No, and you don't do it in general, but to do yeah. it on TV as well. Fuck you. To put your kids mental health, like not okay. But then she did it again. And as much as I really appreciated the conversation Carrie had with her eldest daughter in the office. Right. I really thought that the way she spoke to her was brilliant. This idea of if you were going through a hard time and I didn't know, I'm really sorry. All of that was true. But again, 
why is this happening on television? Like she, Sophia immediately says, I don't want to talk about it. I hope it's happening offline as well, but it right. feels like it's all very well putting your own shit out there. But putting your kid in that position for such a vital conversation yeah. that should have happened a long time ago, let's be frank. Right. To do it, to make choose this is your moment to do it, just felt... Icky. Icky. And I don't, I'm not, to be clear, yeah. I am not undermining her intentions. I do believe her intentions were good. I know she's on a reality TV show. Yeah. But I think sometimes this is where your judgment has to kick in. For sure. I wouldn't want to have that conversation for the first time with my daughter on a reality TV show. I mean, just playing devil's avocado for a moment, maybe they did already have that conversation and they decided to put it on the show in case anybody else wasn't having that discussion because it is, it's a, it's a fucked up place that we live right now. And a lot of people are experiencing anxiety and mental health issues that they previously haven't due to the fucking shit storm that's outside. So playing devil's avocado, I hope that was the situation that they're like, you know what? We should talk about this on the show in case some other kids are struggling the same way or moms aren't noticing or whatever. Um, but I think that's giving Carrie too much credit. I, I mean, I think so. And even if that's the case, it felt very clear that her daughter didn't want to be part of that right, conversation. Right, and sure. I was like, that just has to be your priority. Yeah. That being said, as much as they exploited her daughter to do it, I do think it was modeling of a really great way of right. talking to your children and checking in with them. And I think Carrie has done that on a number of occasions. And and the, the time we saw her talking to her other daughter, Olivia, last episode felt great because yeah. it was clear Olivia was on board with that. She was up for talking about it. Right. This one didn't feel great. And and I don't think this one wants to be on bad TV. for her daughter. For sure. No. No. And that felt really icky. So Carrie's going through a lot, but I, I felt for Deandra as well in this episode oh. because Carrie sort of threw out this, my daughter's suicidal thing, which I... However she used it, right. regardless, the fact is her daughter is struggling. For sure. And that immediately meant that every single woman went, oh, well, we have to forgive, you yeah. know, Carrie for everything. And Deandra was like, hang You're on still a minute, she has been vile to me. And she's supposed to be my vile. best friend. Why have we never had this conversation? And I think that's valid. Like, we've, we've been spending I mean, all listen, this time together. Why, you know, you know that I'm a child, like, because Deandra's father has committed suicide. She's been very open about that. It, it, there is a disconnect there that like, if these two were such good friends, don't you think if you knew your friend had been through this as well, you'd be like, oh my gosh, my daughter's really struggling. Do you have any, like, how should we approach this? Do you think we should talk to her? I mean, all of this, I think she's mad that now everybody is saying to her, you need to give her a break. And it's yeah. like, hang on a minute. I get that she's going through some shit and that's fine. She's still been an but asshole. But on a human level, <laughs> she feels really hurt because yeah. her best friend's been an asshole to her. And regards her daughter, I mean, I hear what you're saying totally. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it's Carrie's decision For to sure. talk to who For she sure. wants about it. And I think Deandra could have handled that better. I yeah. think rather than saying, why didn't you tell me? I think she could have said something like, I'm sorry you felt you couldn't tell me. Right, right. You know, but either way, I really 
felt for Deandra. I feel a bit like Kerry manipulated the whole situation she and did. left Deandra out in the cold. She 100% and now Deandra did. just has to get over the fact that Kerry's been bullying her. Yeah. And I'm going to say it. She's been bullying her, picking Fuck her yeah. out in a crowd, making her feel small. Um, and as far as Brandy's birthday that she organized, went, oh. I don't know what Carrie's bitching about. That looked like a pretty fucking perfect day to me. And who the fuck cares? Like, Carrie needs to back the fuck off. Brandy was having a great time. Everybody else was having a good time. You're just being an asshole. And you need to own you. You're just being an asshole. Look, 100%. it's just like... It's just like when I'm about to have my period and I'm like, you know what? I'm probably going to be an asshole this week and I just need to own that and I need to be vocal about it and be like, look, I'm starting my period at the end of the week. I'm I'm feeling really frustrated at really tiny things. I'm probably going to be, just be an asshole. I'm sorry. Like you need to be fucking self-aware of your behavior, your intentions and how, you know, you project onto other people and Carrie is not. No, absolutely. And it's, and it's, devastating to watch because it's just so it's just so ugly um and then you see somebody like tiffany who is going through this kind of struggle that i guess every working mum to a certain extent goes through which is the you know i i've really appreciated the way that she phrased it and she's like look i spent all this time trudging and trekking and working really hard to get to the top of the mountain i get to the top of the mountain i'm like what did I climb the mountain for? I love this conversation. And it's, me too. And it was like this crisis of confidence. It's sort of existential co- crisis where she's just like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what is the right thing to do right now? For sure. And I think, I think that's a very real thing that we all go through. I mean, I think I've definitely gone through it after having both of my kids. I'm probably still going through it a little bit now that my youngest will be in school full time next year. So it's like, oh shit, like did I make the right decision taking time off and starting my own thing? Now I'm fucking almost 40 and like, where, where am I in my career life? Cause I have kind of put that on hold. I'm probably more Stephanie than I am Tiffany. Yeah. Tiffany obviously made the opposite decision, but the struggle is the same. I don't feel like as moms, we have her feel like we get it right. Like there's no right no. decision. But also she's dealing with like two types of mum guilt. So obviously yeah. she's got like mum guilt for her kids, but I feel like she's also got mum guilt for her own mum. Like this pressure that, yeah. I mean, I'm going to talk about it in the context of Asian kids and families because she talks about it in that context. Sure. But this idea of tiger mums and the pressure that um, she was put under to perform um, and to succeed at all costs is such a heavy burden to carry. You mean to Tiffany? I meant to carry a oh, heavy burden. Got it. As, <laughs> as in carrying. Got it, got it, got it, got it. No, I mean, I think you're 100% um, right. We talked about it a lot during family, when we talked about family karma as well, in kind of predominantly like Asian communities, be it Indian, you know, Chinese, what have you, also dealing with being first-generation immigrants is also a thing here as well. And that that is what yeah. Tiffany is. Tiffany's kind of not even – her kids are first-generation because she was born in, in China. But I can't imagine. I can't imagine that sort of pressure in being put on kids. But also seeing those kids fucking rise to it. Like, I mean, there is a, there's the flip side of that coin is Tiffany has kicked ass her entire yeah. life. But she's fortunate right. because she's smart, right? Imagine being the kid that isn't that For smart sure. and 
being the constant disappointment. And yeah. in fact, it doesn't work because even if you're smart, you make it, you find yourself in Tiffany's position, fucking screwed whichever way she turns. And yeah. it's just this epic battle that we all fight at some point to greater or lesser extent of trying to be everything to everybody. And I think Tiffany, and it must be devastating because she, you can tell that she is so passionate. She doesn't For just sure. do her job because it's like a sexy thing to do. She no. truly loves being yeah. a doctor. And it's such a shit position for women, for career women and mothers to find themselves in, to have to make that or to feel like they have right. to make that choice. Because her husband's not feeling like he has to make that choice. Fuck no. I mean, I don't know his setup, yeah. but generally the women are don't. made to feel yeah. like they have to make that choice. For and sure. it's not it's not fair. And I don't know. It just breaks my heart because she's so accomplished and she's such a great mum. And I just want to say, do you know what? Fuck it. Keep doing you. Yeah. Because I can tell you're a great mum. Yeah. Everybody watching can tell you're a great mom. Like your kids adore you. Your kids are very fucking proud of what you do. And I think that's amazing. I also think she's got a very supportive partner in all of this. And I think you can tell that just from hearing how this conversation is going, right? Like he's listening. I think he'll support her. I mean, I get the sense he'll support whatever she fucking wants to do. Yeah. Um, but it's that deciding what you want to do. That's the hang up, right? Like, well, she wants both, right? She yeah. wants to be a kick-ass doctor and she also wants to be a great mom. And guys get to be that. Yeah. Guys get to be fucking CEOs and be great dads that their daughters adore and sons. Yeah. Um, but it's not the same for her. Like she's not made to feel like that is a possibility and it is a possibility. Yeah, for sure. I love her. I'm so happy she's on this show now. Me I think too. I've always been a huge fan of Dallas. I'm liking this season far better than last season. Um, I, I like the dynamics of these girls together. Even Carrie, like hopefully shit will come around though. I mean, she could go and I think I would still enjoy the group dynamic yeah. for sure. But, um, did you hear that Miami's coming back? I did. And I watched Miami ages ago. Um, Me too. So it'll be interesting to see who they're bringing back for Miami for sure. I hope it's I'm, new people because I think yeah, you're going to have the same issue be. where, you know. I, I mean, I'm surprised they took it away because Miami just seems like such a great hotbed of uh, characters. But yeah. I also think they're bring. I think it's a great opportunity for them to really diversify. And I think that's probably... That's Something why they're that, bringing it you know, back. To be honest, yeah. one of the reasons, if they ditched Orange County and just replaced it with Miami, I'd be fine with that. For sure. For sure. I'd agree with that. Um. Anyway, let's move on. We are about to introduce our guest. Um. She is joining us from New York. She's going to be helping us discuss uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So let's head over and chat all about that right now. We are here with Eliza, who runs the most fantastic Instagram account <laughs> called Face Reality 16. How you doing, Eliza? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us about the Instagram account. How did it start and what's it all about? Um, so about well, almost three years ago, I started just, I had a Twitter account and that was fun, but I started kind of putting videos together of actually Southern charm was the, the show that I, I put together this video of like Shep and Catherine kind of like a music video of like their love. Cause they were in <laughs> like kind of 
pushing that on the show at the time. And I, I posted it on some Facebook pages and everyone was like, you need an Instagram. And so I started that. And honestly, it just started out as somewhere for me to put my Bravo ideas out there and never really expected it to get to this size. And now it's just a fun creative outlet for me to post my ideas, my jokes, my responses to Bravo and entertainment and anything like that. So it's just a fun thing that I use to escape my, <laughs> my little life. <laughs> For sure. I mean, that's essentially why we started the podcast, so we can totally relate. <laughs> yes. I'm waiting for you, Reagan. You go ask the next question. Well, I mean, do we have any more questions or shall we just get into oh. it? Oh, well, I tell you what, I've got one more question quickly. Okay. Um, we are going to be discussing Salt Lake City. I am really excited to find out, first of all, your thoughts generally on this newest franchise uh, from Bravo. Do you think it's got legs? We know that the viewing figures haven't been that great, but I've really enjoyed it. What do you think? I've really enjoyed it. I honestly am usually the type to wait a few seasons and, you know, I'll check it out eventually if it holds up, but you know, it had a lot of buzz and also, you know, what else are we going to do but watch Bravo at this time in our lives. So um, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I feel it, it has a, a, a very different feel than the other housewife shows as far as a lot more actual marriages in the show and um, just a lot more layers. I, I never expected it to be like one of the most diverse shows on Bravo housewife shows. So I'm, I'm enjoying it and Definitely have a lot to say about each of the ladies. They all bring a lot to the table. Well, they speaking do. of and this is go on, you go, Reagan. Speaking of the ladies, do you have a favorite? Who's your favorite of Salt Lake City? Um, I don't know why, but I just love Meredith. I think her energy is just so she's laid back, but she's always got, you know, an opinion and you know, watching her struggles with her marriage was really I mean, she really opened up a lot. Um, her business, her her and her son's relationship. I don't know. She just <laughs> cracks me up. <laughs> she cracks me up too. I mean, it's fitting that you bring her up because I feel like she swooped in at the end of this season in this finale and stole the fucking show with that yeah. mask. <laughs> Have you oh, ever... Yeah. Can we just do a quick thumbs up or thumbs down on the mask? Like, is that high fashion and... <laughs> people just don't understand it or is it just a bit fucking ridiculous i uh, think it's ridiculous did you guys see the of... go ahead go ahead i was, I was just gonna, gonna say it was a little bit of a prediction of what we were gonna live through and then next <laughs> Didn't realize I know was with... <laughs> it was kind of this weird foreshadowing of what was coming and yeah. nobody knew yeah Absolutely. I loved um, Whitney's take on the whole mask <laughs> thing, doing like the double blue She's masks. Hilarious. She's hilarious. Yeah. And talking yeah. favorite character. I mean, I think Whitney's up there with one of my favorite characters as well. Mm -hmm. um, Who's your let's least... talk about. Oh, go on. <laughs> Who's, <laughs> Who's your, your least, least favorite? favorite character? Hmm. I started out really not connecting with Lisa, but as the show went on, I like her more i i don't think mary will be back i don't hate her but i just feel like she's not quite 
she's a little problematic her her background and everything as far as what's going on with the church so it's i like her on the show but i just don't really know if she's gonna be back yeah i question what she brings to the show personally yeah um just because she's not i mean she's kind of like nini in the last season of atlanta right like you never knew if she was going to be in it or not so yeah i don't know i kind of agree with you on that one me too me too but let's get on to this finale yes. episode the final one and a three-part reunion coming up crazy um crazy so first of all we start off with obviously the fallout from vegas because that has been some kind of crazy and we see lisa and jen getting together for a drink now was anybody surprised to see their, those two hooking up and connecting I was for sure, because I mean, the last time that we kind of like, she was very adamant, like, I am not going to be her friend. I don't need her in my life. Like she drew a fucking line in that little chat that they had in the hotel room and was like not having any of it. So it was kind of weird that she was like the first one to like reach out to her and try to like mend that friendship. I don't know. I thought it was weird. Um, I thought it was weird too, but I also... I kind of identify with that because I sort of feel like I'm that person as well that like you you want to make it right. You don't want to be intentionally mean. So even if I'm not going to be friends with somebody, I'd rather have a sit down chat and just hear them out and then move. And I wonder if that's what Lisa was doing. And it's hard because up until the last two episodes, Lisa has been nothing but like just a nightmare. And mm -hmm. I've had to do this 180 on her and actually see her as quite an empathetic, quite a caring, kind hearted soul which is still very difficult for me to get on board with mm -hmm. I think what do you think eliza the fact i mean i think seeing her like she's she explained seeing her in the elevator seeing jen in the elevator just kind of broken down and uh, um i think that really is part of what's got her to reach out um just knowing that as as much as she comes off of this hard exterior, she's clearly got this broken side to her, and that's really what's causing her to lash out on people. And yeah, I was definitely surprised that Lisa was the one to reach out. And I mean, I guess she didn't. Out of everyone, she really didn't directly attack Lisa as much as she directly attacked Meredith, Heather, Whitney. So she was the least kind of affected by what Jen did, and so she was maybe in the best position to you know find that olive branch and say what what's going on you can talk to me and so. for sure you know what i'm super glad about though that it wasn't heather <laughs> i know do you know what i love we're gonna come on to this but i yeah. love and i wrote in my notes when you see heather at the beginning like bossing her stuff around in that new beauty lab and making it all happen and all the rest of it and i'm thinking all this confidence and badassery that she's showing in her business and this like, I am in charge. I want her to do that in her personal life. And then we're going to talk about it. But I feel like she does do that a little bit at the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was literally like, yes, go Heather. Oh, For very sure. invested. <laughs> um, but sticking with Lisa, can we just talk a minute about um, her kids and their brand? How do we feel about this? I think it's great that she's, you know, instilling these values of entrepreneurship basically in her kids. 
but it's also a little bit of her way of being like this way I can, you know, expand my business and spend time with my kids. And it's like, maybe she needs to find like a way to do that without business being involved and money making being involved. I totally agree with you, Eliza, because in my head, I was just like, so she's just figured out a way to like still work more and just occasionally see the kids more too. She hasn't really done what her husband's asked her to do, which is like make a little bit more time for him and the kids. Well, and also, I mean, I, I agree. They will learn something. I'm sure that nine-year-old looked to me like he wished he was absolutely anywhere else, but in that meeting room. Yeah. So you? I get that. Yeah. Cause he's nine. All he wants to do is play fucking Fortnite. Um, but I also was like, actually, how much are you, are you teaching? Cause really all you've done is bankrolled some kind of airy fairy dream that they think mm-hmm. now, Oh, well, if I ask mummy for this, this is what I get. Um, I was like, why don't you just take them to the trampoline park? Like, you know, that's more spending. I don't like doing it either. Like, I'm not a big play mum. I'm playful. Um, Like, I'll mess about and I'll dance in the kitchen and do that. But if you ask me to play fucking tea parties, I'm not interested. So I get it. But you do still do it every now and again, you know. But she just doesn't have that. She just wants more money all the time. Yeah. A little bit dark. Yeah, it for sure is. It's for sure dark. Um, but you know what? Part of me was is wondering, though, like, is it dark for men to want to do the same thing? Like, do women ever go to their husbands and like, hey, can you, you know, stop building all these businesses because you're not spending enough time with kids? Would it be the same if Lisa asked her husband to do that? Because I don't think it would. No, and I'm I'm not. I I absolutely agree, and I think that there is definitely a double standard. Um, but I think dads and mums working. If if you need to spend more time with your kids, or if you want, right. to, or if your kids want you to spend more time with them, then like do it. Don't like say you're doing it and then fake it and just actually take them to work with you. That For sure. I'm not sure was what they were asking. Um, now, Mary, we talked a little bit about Mary at the beginning, Eliza. What about this scene with her in the choir? Like, I, 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 that, they looked scared. I'm going to say it. They looked fucking scared to me. Yeah. There's an interesting (laughs) dynamic there. And telling that guy not to gain weight and drink more water when he clearly was in perfectly fine shape. And I don't know what's going on. I just feel like there's a very dark side that we don't see. And then I I just feel like Bravo's not going to want to touch that. You know, it's definitely come out a little bit in the, backgrounds of social media and Bravo might have learned. Yeah, there's definitely a culty vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's also a ton of money involved and this is when it will become so fucking weird. Like Mary is making gazillions out of this church. Mm -hmm. And I just don't see how the two can be compatible. How can you be a spiritual leader and take all this fucking... I just don't get it. I don't get it. I couldn't sit in that mm-hmm. congregation and go, you're amazing. Like, I'm struggling to feed my kids, but I'm glad that you're showing me the way from your mansion. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's it's pretty common in American, oh, yeah. in like American religion. I mean, it goes back to Catholicism, obviously. But um, but what I didn't like about it was like, she's just fucking mean to them, like mean. yelling at the people in the choir. Like these people are not paid to be here. It's not like a paid position to be in a church choir. They're donating their time. They want to grow spiritually. And you're being a fucking asshole to them. Like, that's not cool. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound like a spiritual leader to me. No. No. Um, she, I, I mean, we've spoken a lot about Mary on this and actually, like, I think that, like you say, there's not just a dark side to the church, but I think there's a very dark side to Mary, which inevitably comes from the craziness of being essentially arranged marriage to your step grandfather at a young age, which I can only imagine has probably never been something she's dealt with. Uh, hence the crazy, because there is a brilliantly inspiring element of crazy to mary um but uh but yeah i mean she is she's so volatile you never know what you're going to get with her no and she's kind of a reclusive hoarder as well i mean we've never really yeah. seen her other than like two three times out of her house out of her closet in particular yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it's just like oh no <laughs> messy 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 um so let's go on to what is the big, I guess this is the main thing of the whole ep of the whole episode, but also I guess the season, which is Jen and her relationship with the rest of the cast. Um, first of all, though, she is working on her relationship with Coach Shaw or Coach Shaw is working on her his relationship with her. How do we feel about the, the way Jen is with Coach Shaw or the way Coach Shaw is with Jen, that relationship in general? I get a little bit that he treats her with kid gloves i appreciate his like inspirational like pep talks and everything but i mean maybe she needs i don't know she i, I, I and i she alluded that she's i mean she said she's on medication and that's great i don't know if she said anything about being in therapy or anything but it just seems like she needs I don't know, to, uh, a deeper look at some of her issues and why she lashes out at people. And she just seems like she gets triggered and all of a sudden she's kind of almost in that blackout mode where she's just attacking people in ways that is not appropriate for the situation that she's in. You're 100% right. I feel like Coach Shaw coaches her, right? Like, yeah. he doesn't really talk to her. He coaches her like one of her athletes. Now, I will say, mm -hmm. I love seeing jen with him like that's the mm -hmm. jen i want to see like she was really fun at that like dance date and chill and just like having a great time like i think jen could legitimately be really fun to hang out with if that was like how she was but i don't know i have a sense that he coaches her but he almost talks to her like he just kind of coaches her and pretends everything is fixed but like none of the actual issues are being dealt with between the two of them <laughs> Well, I find it really, I, I, I agree with everything that you're saying, but I remember hearing her say when she was on her date with Coach Shaw, you know, I wish that everybody saw me like Coach Shaw sees me. And I'm like, well, going back to what you just said, Reagan, everybody wishes that you were with them like you are with Coach Shaw. Like mm -hmm. she gives him this respect. She would never lash out at Coach Shaw in that way. And yet, that they don't see that so of mm. course that's all we all want we all want jen to be like that all the time um but it's really interesting she just doesn't get it her lack of self-awareness in this for me is like mind-blowing 
for sure Mm -hmm. for sure and i feel like he also glazes over his kind of role and everything as far as being there more for her in a physical way and not just facetime or whatever um and that that kind of not that he should be solving her problems but I, i think a lot of her frustration stems from not getting as much attention from him and he kind of projects on like, oh, this is what you have to work on and this is how you have to deal with things. And maybe he needs to do something as well. Things too. Yeah. I agree. Well, and I think as well, he, sorry, I, I think as okay. well, he, um, he's making it her problem. And actually the reality is that he's not, if he had to choose between his marriage and his job, I guarantee you he chooses his job every time. Well, I kind of think Jen would want him to choose his job because my question is like, did we miss, does Jen do anything? I mean, not like (laughs) that, that comes off like an asshole. I don't mean it that way, but like she doesn't have a job, like a day-to-day job. So what's really stopping her from traveling with him? Mm -hmm. True. Mm -hmm. Well, the show, maybe, maybe that's why she's there and about. Yeah. I mean, the past 20 years, she hasn't been on the show. Like, I mean, I know she has an office and she has eight, members of staff but i don't i've never really been able to put together what she does yeah i could really use eight members of staff like i could genuinely use eight members of staff it kind of annoys me that she's got eight members of staff that basically are her mates well and no young children either like they don't even have to like do the young children stuff like her kids are like one's totally grown and out and then is the other one like 12 or 13 like yeah yeah i could definitely use Um, seven more me's I bet you guys mm-hmm. know I, could do. I could definitely yeah. use that. Um, it's the party then. And Jen has been invited, but Whitney finds out that Heather's not going to call her up and disinvite her. I have to say, I, I, I was thinking what I would do if I was Heather. I probably wouldn't call her because I'd be a bit scared, but I probably would send her a text saying, listen, bearing in mind what we've been through, I'm not sure coming to the party is the right idea because it's really important to me. Would you, or would you just do what Heather did and let her come and see what happens? I mean, she probably, I don't know how much time there was in between the trip and the party, but would have benefited from like a lunch or, you know, let's try to hash things out before my big, huge, you know, opening that I've put all this time into. Because as Heather, Jen, Heather has no reason to believe Jen can behave herself and not ruin an event for everyone. So, you know, she put a lot of, trust into her by saying let's just see what happens and you know uh, i don't know i think what's interesting is we've seen like in past like other housewife franchises the disinvitation does not really go that well it always kind (laughs) of escalates things it always makes it worse so maybe heather has learned from watching other housewife (laughs) franchises that you shouldn't do the disinvitation let them come they'll probably be more on their best behavior if they don't think that you wanted to disinvite them if that makes sense like i think Mm -hmm. jen will pop off about it at the reunion but i mean if we take like the kenya moore Porsche issue going on with Atlanta. Like once Kenya was disinvited, it actually just ramped all this shit up and it made it even worse. So I wonder if that's where Heather was doing her cues. Um, But basically Jen uses this party as her apology tour, doesn't she? Essentially. (laughs) That's what she she comes in. She's like, right. She says, and I loved this. She's like, I'm just going to Michelle Obama my way through this. 
and she thinks she I love that she thinks she's going high you know, <laughs> genuinely thinks she's like I am going high when they are going low. and Whitney is very clear about her boundaries she's like this is not okay I'm not going to stand for it I really she's not mad she's not fu- shouty or anything she's very clear and that is Jen thinking that Whitney is being dirty and that whole thing just baffles me like this is where the disconnect is for Jen with me Absolutely. I mean, I think really the only person, I mean, I think she was pretty okay with everybody. I mean, she was definitely fine with Lisa and Meredith because those are who the people I think she really just wants to be friends with. I thought she was pretty awful to Heather, to be really frank, during that discussion. It's like, you don't really give a shit what she's saying to you. You're not... I mean, I think Heather could have been clearer, but I don't know. I don't have high hopes for their friendship after this. Yeah. I mean, she kind of just, she, she wanted Heather to be okay with her. And then immediately was like, no, you can't use my lip gloss. You can't, no, fuck you. You know, fuck <laughs> I, know. You. I, like, I don't understand what's, she's, what's happening. Even if it's a joke, it's like the joke is too soon for that. It's joke. too like, soon. <laughs> for <laughs> like, sure. just, and like, Jen's the one who, supposed to be apologizing to heather so i don't know she turned it around and made it seem like heather was the one who did something wrong by being upset with her for essentially attacking her at some point i know and then even with meredith even with meredith she says i'm really sorry Mm -hmm. i shouldn't have got in the way of your family and meredith's absolutely right if anybody got in between jen and coach or fucked with that yeah she would go ballistic well she did look what she, she did to whitney yeah of course she yeah. did. So she apologizes and um, Meredith very sort of graciously says, I really appreciate your apology. I just need to see, like, it's going to be a while until I can trust you again. You need mm-hmm. to show it to me, right? Jen's like, well, I don't understand why she didn't accept my apology. It's like, Jen, <laughs> like, yeah. what is happening between the, what happens to the words between the moment that they leave Meredith's mouth or anybody's mouth and the moment that they get translated by your brain, like, what happens? Because there's like yeah. a victim. It's like shield. she's living in another. <laughs> there is, it's like she's living in a parallel universe. Like she's living in opposite world. Uh huh. That's mm-hmm. the thing, and it mm-hmm. just is. I mean, it's great television, but I'm like, this woman is. She's five years old. She's five five. years old. Like when you go to like correct your child, what they hear is like they're awful and they're doing it all wrong. What you said was, could you please just do it this way? It's the exact same (laughs) like (laughs) translation (laughs) filter. It just didn't fall out in Gen Z. That's funny because that's kind of how it works with my husband as well. (laughs) Yeah, Uh I really, yeah. I have to be be careful. I have to be careful, Eliza, because my husband actually edits and produces it. So every time I bash him, I get a bollocking. Yeah. So, Eliza, what do I you don't think care, though. that we can kind of look forward to the reunion? What do you think the reunion's going to be like? I mean, I definitely don't see Jen all of a sudden understanding how to take, you know, constructive criticism and not turn it around into her put a pity party um i mean the little clip that we saw you can see that and for some reason lisa's so so big on you know being her defense and and which is nice i know no one likes to see everyone getting ducked on but sometimes that person is supposed to be you know held accountable and needs to 
kind of get what what they're doing and and i don't know it looks like it's gonna be awesome the fact that it's three parts in the first season obviously says a lot um i yeah i wonder I i think it's gonna be I hope it's going to be exciting. I've got to be honest because three parters, it's a lot. It, like it's a lot, and I really need to make. Sh- I want them to have edited this shit properly and have good stuff for three episodes. I, right. If I get to the end of three episodes and I feel like it could have been two, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, yeah. I think if there's a I lot agree. of montages, I'm I'm not going to have a lot of time for that because the, I felt there were a lot of montages in this like season finale because it was like 90 minutes long. It could have been an hour if they had just cut out all the montagey stuff from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't we've just watched this like Yeah. We don't we don't need to be reminded. <laughs> I'm thinking it will be more fire just because of like Jen's comments, especially through the finale, like all her confessional comments. Obviously the ladies will now have seen that and seeing what she was thinking about this, you know, apology tour. And I think that's going to cause yeah. some issues for sure. Yeah. I think a hundred percent, I think the girls are going to call her out on it. I think it's going to be like the Vegas hypnotist thing, but on steroids for sure. <laughs> I mean, I can't wait. Um, well, listen, I think that just about wraps up Salt Lake city for us. Um, do we know for sure whether there's going to be another season yet? Yes, I believe they announced that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Sure well, who, I'm, but... I mean, I'm here for another season, so we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. Eliza, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been, it's always nice to get a new face on the podcast. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. I always love talking Bravo. <laughs> I know. We could do it all day long. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But yes, thank you so much. And uh, we will, yeah, we'll be in touch. If you, uh, this is what I'm doing, this is my head. It's the homeschool head thing. Um, go and follow Eliza. That's what I'm trying to say. Make sure you go and follow <laughs> Face Reality 16 on Instagram. She is bringing all the Bravo news to you. And uh, if you're a fan of reality TV, then you should definitely make sure that you are part of that account. Amazing. Well, that just about wraps us up for this week. Um, Four show uh, episode. It's always nice to be back to four shows. I feel like I can cope with that. Uh, How's it been for you, Reagan? Uh, It's been great. I agree with the four show dynamic. I definitely think it's um, a way to go. We will be, um, we'll be welcoming back the Real Housewives of New Jersey soon, as soon as they pop up. I think it's in the next couple of weeks that it starts back up. So uh, yeah, we'll be good to go. But um I can't wait for these reunions that are coming up and all of that. Like it's just been, it's been some hot TV. It really, really has. Um, but as ever, thank you so much for giving us your time. We hope that we bring a little sprinkle of sunshine and happiness into your week, um, wherever and however you find yourself amid this apocalyptic clusterfuck. Um, but we will of course be back next week. And until then, remember smart people watch reality TV too. Bye-bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Oh,